Are we merely creatures who react to our most basic impulses? Or are we a species capable of going above and beyond these impulses? Do our impulses control us? Or do we have the power to determine how we live? This is the basic issue in today's passage. And I believe it's the greatest issue facing us today. St. Paul, who is the author of Romans, viewed human existence as a cosmic battle between these two forces. The side of us connected with the spirit that leads us closer to the divine image. And the side driven by impulse. In today's passage alone, there are numerous polarities. Awake versus sleep. Night versus day. Works of darkness versus armor of light. And in the last verse, he says this. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. Christ versus flesh. To St. Paul, we are all enslaved to the flesh which he also calls sin. And inside of us rages a battle to be freed from this power that it holds over us. You know, brain science shows us that we have developed a part of the brain that's unique to human beings. That can make, this is the part that can make sound, rational decisions. It's the part that can organize, reflect, empathize, and seek the welfare of others, even if that goes against my interest. It's the part of our brain that elevates our imagination to envision new possibilities for community, for harmony, like this choir song sang, and for this world. I believe this is the side that leads us closer to the divine image. But there's also an older, more primitive but very powerful part of the brain that we share in common with every other species. The very instinctual fight or flight part of the brain that's connected with our survival. It's the part of the brain that seeks self-preservation and kicks into high gear when any threat or danger is perceived. It's also the part of the brain that seeks pleasure. You know, St. Paul didn't have the benefit of modern-day brain science But I think that if he did, he would say that the story of human beings has at the core been a battle between these two parts of our natures that's hardwired into our brains. In today's passage, he says this, You know what time it is, how it is now the moment for you to wake from sleep. He's saying that we've been asleep in a mindless existence of being driven by our impulses that more primitive yet powerful lower nature of our brains. You know, when circumstances are good and steady, then we mindlessly seek out pleasure and comfort. When times get tough, our fear and anxiety kick in and we seek self-preservation. And in many ways, it's 
so much easier to live mindlessly because our impulses are in the driver's seat and they make all the decisions for us. We don't have to think as much and struggle as much. But we are seeing the cost of this kind of mindless existence. We see how we have mindlessly created a society that is unjust and inequitable, where all people do not get to live with equal dignity. We have created a world in which some have succeeded greatly in amassing privilege and resources, while others have been left behind and are kept there. We have sought our own comfort and well-being without really paying heed to how others are being affected by our choices. You know what the real issue is with the mindless existence driven by impulse? The focus is always on you. It's the impulse for your own survival, for your own pleasure that drives you. We are driven by the self. I seek pleasure for myself, regardless of what others might be going through. But if I am scared, I will seek to preserve myself, even at the expense of others. What we're seeing in much of the news is emotion-driven impulse drowning out the higher natures of ourselves. There is so much fear. Fear of family members getting sick. Fear of being shot for the color of their skin. Fear of losing their way of life. We know that fear often leads to anger. And this anger is swelling up into literal fires and acts of violence. St. Paul tells us to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. To do this is to be driven not by my impulse, but by the Spirit of Christ. To put on the Lord Jesus Christ is to be driven by spiritual rather than primal impulses. When we have the Spirit of Christ in us, we don't instinctively react to our impulses. Rather, we respond in the manner of Christ. And the manner of Christ is to love others. Even when there are threats to my own existence. That's real strength, isn't it? This is the result of a spiritual power that is greater than our primal impulses. I mean, normally our greatest instinct is that instinct for survival. You know, all living creatures, like I said, have a baked-in instinct and will to live. You know, in our family, when we moved from a condo into a house, we realized how many bugs live at the ground level. In a condo, we didn't have no bugs. Right? It was very rare, maybe a fruit fly once in a while, and we got rid of it. But in our house, they're everywhere. I've chased and killed many bugs, because unfortunately in our house, only one species gets to live. And I was thinking, I was like, maybe this tells us about who we are too. But I think that's a topic for another sermon. I mean, but in a way, I always feel bad when I do because I can see their will and instinct to live as they try to scurry away. 
Jesus was fully human too. And he too had a will to live. You know, the final test that he had to go through was overcoming his fear of death and his instinct to live. When he saw and felt death looming as a real possibility, he struggled. He went to pray in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he shared with his disciples this, I am deeply grieved even to death. And then he prayed, My Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. In other words, please don't make me die. I'm back on video. Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew says he prayed this three times. In the Bible, three is a kind of a number used to indicate many. This was a deep struggle that Jesus went through. And Luke is even more dramatic. He says this, in his anguish, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down on the ground. I mean, now, 2,000 years later, we often forget about how much Jesus anguished. He did not want to die. He wanted to live. But in the end, he submitted himself to God. Yet, not what I want, but what you want. Your will be done. In other words, he was able to escape the clutches of his survival instinct and give himself to his higher calling. And this higher calling was to love others and give himself for those who suffered in this world. I mean, this is an incredible act of faith. He had faith in God's will, even in death. And it was an act of courage. I mean, what act of faith, what a person, what a God. The cross is the ultimate symbol of spirit overcoming impulse, of love overcoming fear. I mean, even on the cross, bearing the hatred and the anger of the world, he was able to love. He asked God on the cross to forgive everyone who was killing him. This is the ultimate triumph of that higher nature over his primal nature. And it showed us and gives us hope that our impulses do not win in the end. My friends, love is the antidote to fear and anxiety. And that is why St. Paul says that love is the fulfilling of the law. Do we want law and order? You know, I'll tell you the best way to achieve it. Love your neighbor as yourself. If we can all do that, I guarantee you we will have a society and a world of law and order. But we know that this is not a love that we can just gain on our own with our willpower. 
I mean, we all agree it sounds nice in theory, right? But our baser impulses are just way too powerful to overcome by ourselves. We can only love in the face of fear and anxiety when we put on the Lord Jesus Christ. The Christ who overcame fear, anxiety, and anger with love. The Christ who invites us to lay down our burdens at his feet. The Christ who offers us rest for our souls. As we enter the fall season, there is so much to be uncertain about. I know that parents are very stressed out about the start of school. Our students are entering such a strange new phase of online classes, disrupted social lives, wearing masks all day. There's a lot of uncertainty, fear. There's also a lot of anger and finger-pointing going on. My brothers and my sisters, let us clothe ourselves with Christ. Let us get on our knees and ask the Lord to be with us, to not leave us. Let us ask Christ, who overcame fear with love, to help us do the same. To the people of St. Andrew's Humber Heights, this is the last Sunday we're worshiping together, for the summer at least. It's been such a joy and delight worshiping with you. What a beautiful harmony this has been. But now you are entering a new season in your life as a community, and I pray that God's hand leads you. I pray that any stresses and anxieties that might lead to tensions and conflicts be overcome by the love of Christ. May you too all put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we all enter this new and uncertain season, let us not let fear and anxiety drive how we live. Let us lay these things down at the feet of Christ and let us all put on Christ and let love be our way of life.